This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. everybody welcome to the cheers to comics podcast i am your host brian wayne and this is a very very special creator corner i am with lucas kettner you have heard me talk about him recently on the podcast because of a, a book that i've praised so much count crowley so lucas you are here on creator corner tell us about yourself man how you doing hey i'm great thanks for having me oh. uh yeah i uh uh I'm a comic book artist. I've been, uh, you know, doing a few titles over the years. This is the most recent one with uh, a really great writer named uh, David Desmalchin, um, also known for his acting work and uh, screenwriting, directing, all that stuff. He's just a, just a really great storyteller overall. Um, yeah, just happy to be here. That's, that's awesome. I'm glad you, you're able to carve out the time. I know that, you know, I, for the most part, well, I could actually say not for the most part. Up until now, I've had nothing but writers on creator corners. Yes, I've had hybrids, but uh, uh, artists, they're, you guys are working just, a, I don't want to say a little bit harder, but your schedule's a little more packed in. You know, the drawing time compared to the writing time. So that it makes it, it, makes it really difficult to get uh, artists on this show. So having an artist come on here for the first time, uh, I, I feel pretty, pretty privileged, to be honest. This is, <laughs> this is so awesome. Especially with a book that I enjoyed so much. The fact that you hit me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll come on. I'll, oh, hold on, hold yeah. on. <laughs> I had to look down at my phone for a second and... Yeah, man. So, uh, well, so thank you once again for coming on, Lucas. Uh, I want to dive into this kind of like I normally do for the most part, really kind of get to know you, your inspirations and all of that stuff. So I like to go way back to where comics first were a thing for you. At what point in your life were you inspired by comics, reading comics, all of that good stuff? It's, it, it's, it's been like sort of a, a fade in and out. To my life, like, um, I first really got into comics. Uh, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, and we we did have a really great comic book store up there. Uh, Bosco's still there. Shout out to Bosco's. Um, mm -hmm. But most of my comic book reading and introduction to comics came from the local library and because they had a lot of, like, graphic novels, uh, things like that just mixed in into the sci-fi section so basically i would just go to the library and look for all the books that were shaped like that <laughs> you know that were like so cool. sort of large and flat and or like look like manga or anything like that and just you know they didn't have a ton of it so it was just like worked my way down the the line like over the course of like uh sixth grade through eighth grade and just uh you know and they 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 didn't have a great selection either. So it's just like, you know, they may, they probably had like two volumes of Sandman, uh, you know, a few random like Ninja Turtle hardcovers, uh, a whole bunch of really weird, like, like what seemed like weird European comics at the time. So like things like, uh, uh, what's it called? The Nicopol trilogy, Enki Bilal, um, okay. Which took me years to figure out what that was after I read it, because I, I, I remembered reading it in like sixth grade. And then when I went back to the library uh, as an adult, they, of course, didn't have it anymore. I couldn't find it. And I, and I just I kept I, it just kept asking people online. It's just like, OK, there's like a big floating pyramid and there's you know, <laughs> it kind of looks like a Mobius book. And, and finally, someone was just like, oh, you mean this? And it, it, that happens so many times with like a lot of the the comics i was first reading at the library uh so it sounds like you were drawn to indies at first or was that just the only selection you had to choose from was the library not caring the carrying the dcs and the marvels and the big two they had a, 
they did have a few, you know, they had a few of the big ones. Like, so they had okay. uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns and a few collected editions, but, um, but no. You were it, still it attracted not... to the Indies, though. The, the Ninja oh, yeah, Turtles yeah, and the yeah. Sandman. Right on. Well, definitely. Uh, that's, that's definitely the stuff that I'm all about, too, man. I mean, yeah, the, the big two is what drove me into it. But now, oh, there's nothing I respect more than an independent comic. And the creators more than anything, because you guys do this for peanuts, man. This is a you, you guys aren't getting paid like the well, the the trillion names over at Marvel and stuff like that. So you have to really, really love what you're doing here. So that's just that's once true, again, yeah. attracts my respect. Yeah. So, uh, at what point you're reading comics, you're enjoying comics? At what point did you realize this is going to be something that I want to create myself? I want to be a part of this industry. I I mean I definitely took a stab at like drawing my own comics when I was a kid, like younger okay. and things like that. And I I think my parents still have some of those somewhere. Um, you know, uh, but. The, like the decision to actually try to get like like earnestly get into comics start drawing comics came way later than you know than I thought it would like I was I was you know in my late 20s by the time uh, I even took a stab at it I was a professional illustrator for uh, years before that from like 2003 to 2008. Essentially, I hear I you're like doing... designing helmets or graphics on helmets yeah, or something like I that. I still do that. Yeah, I just turned one in. You still do um, that, right on. Yeah, yeah. It's for Icon Motorsports, um, and that that's been an ongoing thing since like 2003, 2004, somewhere. Okay. So cut like cut like a little over 15 years now, and I don't even know how many helmets. Like I I tried to. Uh, you know, because you know, I've had like several computers since then. A few, a few of them got lost, and so I and uh, I, Icon doesn't even really know either. They're, they're like, "Well, here's like 30 of them you did, but I'm sure you've done more." Uh, and they're just they're really cool because it's like you know, it's really it's just focusing on this one illustration that gets put on this one shape. Uh, some of them are really complicated. Um, some yeah, because helmets aren't just round anymore. Now they got all these weird aerodynamic, and you have to take that into account when you're drawing this. I would assume, you know, you can't have like the eyes where the the thing would do the weird dippy thing in the helmet. You know, the, the technical yeah. terms. Yeah, the, <laughs> the weird yeah, dippy thing. Stuff, but... it, it, in fact, like it's a, it, it's actually still kind of a challenge because like you know you're creating the art in 2D to go on a 3D surface. But the template that they have is still 2D, so you kind of have to like cheat the whole thing to try to show them how it's going to sit on the helmet. And then, if it, if there's any problem, I just they're in town here, so I just go in there and we mess around with like this decal machine that they have. Well, that's uh, convenient. Yeah, so they can actually like do a paste up and see what it might look like on on one of the helmet shells and stuff. But I I, I love working for them because it's always like this very. Uh, how do I put it? It's like, you know, it's like spikes and flames and chains and, and skulls and you all know, right, cool. uh, super graphics and zombies. And, and it, it's, it's just all this like really kind of, you know, Trapper Keeper artwork uh, gotcha. that uh, it's really fun to do. Right so, on. Yeah. Right on. So uh, you, you're you're late into it. You're late 20s. You're you're doing a graphic design yeah. so you know art is not new to you in your late 20s you like as you've been drawing oh. you know your own comics since you were a kid yeah and that's so, the thing and in years years earlier than that like i i think it was uh when i was graduating from the art institute here i actually did an intern i had a friend i had some friends that worked at dark horse comics and so i did an internship there in the editorial section I had, I had to lie to my school and say it was a design internship but they didn't have a design internship and i just wanted to you know intern at a comic book company there you um, go so from there like you know i was still illustrating for years after that before i tried to get into comics and and the main reason i got into comics was you know of course very interested in doing it uh love the idea of, of just storytelling in general but you cannot cross the street in portland oregon without running into a comic book person like there is more creators here per capita than most other cities. So, for example, I belong to Helioscope Studio, which is just 30 different writers and artists all sharing okay. uh, an office space downtown. Um, 
there's just an extended just cloud of creators and uh, artists and writers and colorists and letterers and editors that, that are just all based out of Portland. So it's just, it, it, after a while, I just decided to do comics because like I saw that everybody else was doing it. And, uh, and I'd also, I'd also heard this, like, you know, there's a general vibe that comics is really, it's kind of hard to get into, you know, it, 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 it's something everyone assumes that they can send in like a portfolio to a company and, and you know, get hired the next day, but, uh, or, you know, not the next day, but, you know, the truth is, is that uh, a large population of the people that consume comics are, would also like to work in comics. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of demand for, uh, you know, attention from editors and stuff. And, uh, it can it can make it really challenging to to try to to start that as a career. And well, I think absolutely, it, it's it's a yeah. small pond with a trillion fish in it. So exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's one reason why I, I do like to focus on these indie creators, man. Because when I when I do see something, a lot of times there's a lot of good stuff that just gets overshadowed because. You you could be uh, you know a big fish in a small pond, but if you have a trillion little minnows swimming over top of you you're still going to have a cloud over you. you're not going to be able to be seen so uh yeah. yeah no i mean this is uh it's it's so nice to to see these these new names i mean yes you've been doing this for professionally for what three or four years now what, what uh, well i i got into comics in 2000 I, I first started trying in 2008 and then uh I self-published a uh, comic called Witch Doctor for... Okay, with, that was uh, self-published, all right. Well, at first it was. And then um, in in around 2010, we just basically got a message out of the blue from Robert Kirkman, um, who just basically emailed Brandon Seifert and I, who's the writer, and just said, hey, I'm starting this new label called Skybound. It's going to be my thing under the umbrella of Image Comics. And, uh, you know would you guys like to talk about maybe being the first comic on that label that, you know, isn't written by me? And we were just, you know, just, of course, yes. you know, yeah. We were just like, yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> so, and, you know, we'll basically work out the details later, but, but yes. And so we, uh, we, we just kept in touch with him while he was sort of getting that, that machine going. Um, and I think that when, when we actually started working uh, moved the property over to Skybound and started uh, working on our comic there. Um, I think Skybound was maybe like seven people at that point. <laughs> you know, there was just right. like wow, those man, you guys, really were the, like a few the... editors, and just like you know, working out of a small office. And now, of course, they're they're one of the biggest you know labels in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I I'm guilty. I pick up eighty percent of the stuff. I mean, I am a big Wednesday Warrior man, and. If there's Skybound stuff coming, I'd say I, I'm not. I don't just pick it up. It's on my pull list, man. Eighty yeah. percent at least. So it's it's good stuff coming out of there. And to think that you were, it wouldn't still be happening if the 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 base didn't come out strong. And to think that you were one of those people. I mean, one of the fir- the first. That's that's huge, man. The the success of the, us being able to read that now actually lies. Heavily on your shoulders, so that's, <laughs> I don't know if you've looked at it that way. I'm sure you have, but that's that's yeah. way that's way cool, man. Also, I mean, thank it was you. nice. To, yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, it was nice to get in on the ground floor, and I mean, you know, we didn't, we certainly didn't, you know, have a hand in operating the company or anything like that. But it was just, it was, it was nice to to get a few volumes of the, of, uh, which it was our first comic too. So it was, it was just kind of this like, at the time this very like cinderella thing where they're just like hey you guys are making nice comics why don't you come make make nice comics over here and we'll get the word out about it and it was uh and they're all of course amazing to work with over there they're very uh really really good taste in like you know the the sorts of titles they put out um you know mo- most of what they put out uh at least in the back of their mind has media potential and things like that uh and just some of the stuff coming out of there right now, especially um, actually my my old uh, my editor on 
witch doctor and kill the minotaur is also a writer and he's doing this really amazing uh series right now called gasolina um, gasolina All yeah right. uh, sean makowitz is the writer and uh just really really good yeah d- definitely check out gasoline i think there's a few volumes there's at least three volumes out now and it's it's very it it's like sicario if sicario uh had you know a very uh a sort of like a, a mexican mythological element to it that was almost lovecraftian it's awesome yeah it's really oh, good. that sounds cool right on mm-hmm. So you're you're working in Skybound. You've got your first comic being published by you know a, a huge umbra- I mean a company like Image. So if you're gonna mm-hmm. you know break into indie comics, being under the Image umbrella, you're doing all right. So at what point does Dark Horse notice you and say, "Hey, start doing Hellraiser covers for us"? Because you were doing Hellraiser covers for a while, right? Yeah, that, I think that might have been IDW. It was either or, IDW Boom. Um, okay. but Brandon was actually writing Hellraiser at the time, uh, Brandon Seifert, who wrote Witch Doctor. Um, so he, oh, okay. he was writing, he was co-writing Hellraiser for, uh, I think about a year there, like with Clive Barker and, uh, yeah. And there was, there was, they just, they basically like threw me a few bones. <laughs> I got to, I got to draw some, draw some Cenobites a few times there. So um, which was nice. you're 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 clearly a fan of horror. I mean, you oh, you, yeah. did, you did yeah. Count Crowley. You've worked. Did, I mean, I don't, I'm not. How how closely did you get to work with Clive? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't work with Clive Barker. And oh, okay. Uh, I, and I think that. Um, uh, but your covers had to be approved by him, so there's some well, sort sure, of yeah. communication, correct? There's there's there's, mean, there's a few degrees there, I'm sure. But like, yeah, no, gotcha. I, mean, okay. I was I was in the orbit of. <laughs> No, 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 that's slightly. Well, he's, it's, it's he's a, he's got a big fucking orbit, man. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 he's Clive Barker. So that's I mean that's kind of what I'm getting to is I mean you've you're, you're so new to this. You're you're in cahoots with Clive Barker. You're doing Hellraiser covers. So you're a fan of horror. Not this has got to be a little. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, you're in cahoots with him. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, so. I mean, uh, at what point did you realize horror was kind of the, the direction that you want to stick with? I mean, was there an artist that that influenced you when you were younger specifically? That's that's what it was. I mean, like I, you know, I always liked horror, but I wasn't like I, you know, I hate to admit this, but I wasn't like a, a horror guy growing up. Okay. I loved horror, but I wasn't like like. If I if I had to put a label on it, I, w- I would have been a sci-fi guy. Like you know, it was it was, it was just like all Star Trek all the way, like uh, uh, horror sci-fi, like Alien things. A- like aliens that. for sure. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't. You know, the the first time that I really sort of identified as just like, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a horror guy is is when I I just kind of you know I, I was learning to to ink comics and I realized that all my favorite artists were horror artists like. Bernie Wrightson, um, mm. uh, you, you know, uh, John Buscema, um, you know, just all these 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 sort of like seventies and eighties uh, classic horror artists from like House of Mystery, all the old EC stuff. Like that was the stuff. It, 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 it wasn't necessarily that I was like, oh, I want to tell stories just like this. It was more that I was uh, that I was thinking I want to draw like this. And so as a result of that. Um, you know, when we were doing Witch Doctor, our first comic, we really, it just fit. And the book became more of a, a, a horror than like a fantasy or a sci-fi or anything like that. You know, just to, to try to work the sort of medical horror angle in there with like, you know, Lovecraftian monsters and things like that. Um, but yeah, and since then I have become a horror guy and I, you know, I, I sort of filled in the gaps in my education uh saw all the the movies that i never saw and things like that but uh but yeah growing up i mean i loved horror but i i, I wasn't like you know i was I, I wasn't quite the kid in like the famous monsters t-shirt yet gotcha <laughs> right on so i mean you, you kind of uh segue nicely into my next thing you started watching the horror movies now 
when you're when you're drawing Count Crowley, there's there's some shots in there that I found to be uh, cinematic. Uh, the the broken bottle with the 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 reflection of the werewolf there. <laughs> I, that that was it's. I mean, it's not just a well drawn panel, but the the shot itself should be appreciated, and that makes me wonder: does that come from your knowledge of watching great horror movies, or does that come from uh, David and his vast, you know, influence with you know in the movie industry? Is he writing that beat out to you specifically like that, and you're just laying it down perfectly? I mean, I. I, I I want to know how that panel came about is what's going on because oh, okay. that was beautiful. <laughs> uh, uh, David absolutely wrote it that way. Like he, he okay. you know, that is, that is, you know, out of, you know, two lines of script and it's just like, uh, do I have it right here? No, I don't. Um, but it, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, we see the smash bottle, uh, the moon is reflected in it. Um, we can kind of tell that there's, there's an attack happening, but we can't see the result. Uh, basically, good luck. <laughs> Make it happen. Oh, <laughs> and uh, uh, that took me it took me just like a little while to get right because I, you know, at first I had it where the 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 shot was looking straight down, you know, parallel to the street, and then it just it looks like it, it just wasn't dynamic enough. So you get you got like the three quarter view looking down, um, and that kind of allows you to have like the foot in the top you know, the, the Doc Martin in the top so that you can, uh, you can tell, it, it just reinforces what you're seeing. You're just like, oh, this is a reflection, you know. Gotcha. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. See, I knew that wasn't just, like, shout out, man. That was definitely some work put into that. That's for sure. Thanks, man. It was, yeah. it was one of my favorite panels of the whole week, and I read a lot of fucking comics, man. I see a lot of panels, so. <laughs> was, Thank you. Oh, Thanks. good stuff. Good stuff. Um, do you wanna you wanna talk about the the witch doctor and your 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 other works? I mean, uh, give us a, a sure. quick rundown of what what to expect out of those. I mean, yeah. See, I'm gonna have to work backwards now because I'm gonna I'm gonna need to go through and see your other stuff for sure because I <laughs> <laughs> pretty strong introduction with Count Crowley, man. I don't think anybody's ever gonna call me prolific. I mean, I've been working in comics for. A while now but you know as far as like major series goes it's it's basically witch doctor um i did a 180 page basically just a, a graphic novel for skybound called kill the minotaur um and now this and uh, everything in between has been sort of odd jobs short stories uh i did some i did some creepy magazine for uh dark horse um I did a little bit of uh, I did a few Batman 66 stories with uh, my studio mate Jeff Parker who writes it. Um, I did I actually did some some, uh, some dark horse work uh, in the er in the early 2010s that was uh, related to the movie Supersize Me. So okay. they yeah they put out a it was it was another thing I worked on with one of my studio mates uh, Ron Chan um, he does uh, he's currently doing Plants vs Zombies right now um, oh, right on. but we what it was is it it was a horror anthology but it was like a parody of a horror anthology that had to do with like fast food horror stories and then I was the guy oh. that drew all the connective tissue between between the stories that was uh, basically shots from the movie and you know his morgan spurlock's progression from you know healthy to unhealthy and uh basically just drawing shots from the movie but it trying to make them a little interesting uh not not that the shots in the movie aren't interesting but you know trying trying to comicify them a little bit gotcha gotcha yeah. no, no no i could definitely see how you can make uh, a subject matter like that caricatured without you know overdoing it and still uh, yeah well it's, i mean just supersize me itself is yeah. you know horror i mean it is it's horror is what yeah. it is <laughs> it's a horror documentary whether you, you know i mean yeah so yeah, yeah I, I could see you doing something like that for sure mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's awesome man <laughs> um so crowley's going four issues correct for now yeah and there's um they're, they're trying to uh, we're all just trying to figure out like what the what it's going to look like moving forward. But 
Okay. Yeah, the the at the end of the fourth issue, I mean, it's it's a satisfying sort of like end to an arc. So gotcha. it doesn't necessarily end on a cliffhanger, and then people got to wait months to get okay. the next one. But it it it. It, it, the four issues altogether kind of make this satisfying introduction to the world of Crowley and, and definitely leaves it open to, you know, everything that's going to come next. Right on. I like how you word the everything that's going to come next. So there's going yeah. to be more. That's, oh, yes, yes. These are the things that I like to get out of these types of situations. <laughs> that's so cool. So I want to know how, how, uh, how this book comes together. Dark Horse hits you up and says, hey, I'm going to pair you with the guy that was in Ant-Man. And I'm going to pair you with Lauren. How do you say her last name? Afe? Uh, Af? Uh, I believe it's Af. Af. Okay. Yeah, that's, I could that's be what wrong, it looks though. like. I, gotcha. I've, I've, I've never heard it said aloud, but but she's amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. Because, <laughs> like I said, that panel has a lot to do with the colors as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, she... Yeah. How how does all this come together? I mean, uh, just from a from an illustrator's perspective, how do you get paired with not just a writer, a rookie writer? So you have more more mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, that word experience <laughs> mm-hmm. than than David. Uh, what about uh, Lauren's experience going into this? Where was she at? I'm not. Uh, is this her first book or, or for her first major book or? Because color I artists, I mean, they, they could they could do a lot of stuff and go under the radar. They're so underappreciated, so it's hard to keep I, track. I agree. I, all, all colorists are underappreciated, and they make it. They make us. They they make the the artists look better than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, I know that she. Uh, the thing that I saw that I really loved, and I was just like, yeah, yeah. If you if you can get Lauren, get Lauren. It was uh, uh, her work on Five Ghosts. Okay. Which was uh, uh, an image title that I hadn't previously read before before her name was put up for uh, for coloring. Um, so I basically just went down. You know, I my studio is like right next to Powell's Books here in Portland, and and chances are they'll have a copy of anything you're looking for. And so I just I went and picked it up because I saw a couple panels from it online. It was just this really great sort of. Uh, almost like classic 80s Marvel hand painterly kind of uh, you know sort of hand colored on mylar with watercolors and stuff kind of looking stuff and uh, uh, and she's got a bunch of different styles that she works in she's also uh, she's also the colorist on uh, the Witcher comic book series right now and a few other things oh wow okay mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it, it, we just she was available and and that was that <laughs> So were you given a, a, a pool of people that are available and you got to pick? Is that how We're that basically, works? Yeah, you're basically given... Uh, basically, when you're looking for the, the colorist, you know, you, you sort of like find examples of stuff that you want it to look like. And then the first thing you do is you're just like, okay, well, whoever did these examples, are they available? And uh, the I think there was there was only like one person before Lauren that we uh, possibly wanted to get. Um, and she wasn't available. She was completely booked up. And so uh, we just went to the next example, basically, and was just like, is this person available? And yeah, she was. So right on. That's, that's kind of, I assume that that's kind of how it goes. Although like our, our editor, Megan Walker, does most of the organizing for that and uh uh she's just a really great you know uh handler editor you know person that that keeps everything together on the book um she's amazing right on right on and then uh getting together with david then uh how how was how that i mean it, 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 i could see this i mean to me from my perspective I've got I've done this before. Let's see. I'm I'm you. I've done this before. But then you've got David coming in. Like I said, he's in fucking Ant-Man. And I can honestly say this. I'm not being biased. He's my favorite part of the whole damn <laughs> the whole damn thing. So maybe me personally, I'd be even more like, oh shit, what if what if this isn't good and it doesn't come off like a comic? Or I mean, did you have any type of fear like that when you realized that was yes. the guy or did yeah, you get of course I did. 
Yeah, every and I've worked with a lot of first-time comic book writers. Uh, Kill the Minotaur was written by uh, Chris Bassetto and Christian Canamesa, who come from video games, and they had never written a comic before either. Uh, and uh, in on both occasions, I mean, it it was like they had been doing it for years. And That's... I think a lot of that comes from uh, David's experience in other storytelling mediums. Like, you know, he's uh, he's a screenwriter. He's a director. He See, knows... I think that screenwriting thing, man, because to me, really yeah. all a comic book is is a really, really, really pretty. Uh, I Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm trying to say. I can't think of the it's, words. Right yeah, there's now, a lot but, of similarities. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you you frame you frame shots and you and you're writing beats and uh, so, sort of like story moments and things like that. So I mean, all of that stuff. Uh, he very talented, uh, but also very skilled. And I've always considered those to be two different things. Um, and. So, uh, but yeah, of course I was worried. I was, I was just like, oh man, it'd be really cool to work with this guy, but what if, what if it sucks? And then it didn't suck at all. It was great. So it didn't it, it suck. Just, <laughs> no, <laughs> not even a little bit. And, and uh, you know, his, his just formatting was flawless. He had, uh, I always appreciate it when, you know, comic book writers have just the right amount of, of input into the panel. So, uh, yeah, there was the never, never. I, I get so frustrated by looking at, yes, I appreciate the, the time that the artist put into it, but when it's just an unnecessary panel that's there just because, you know, the, the writer needed extra space. There, with this, there's nothing unnecessary about this book. Every single panel you read and get to look at, it's all, it's all necessary. It's there and it's <laughs> done so well, man. Yeah, but, he's funny. yeah. No, he, the, the way that he writes is very tight. Like there's no, there's no, there's no unnecessary conversations. I mean, like, uh, I, cause I've been trying to learn a lot about writing and storytelling over the years. Eventually I want to do my own, write my own thing. Um, and you know, I have like five books on my nightstand right now, just about like breaking down story, story arcs, tropes, things like that, you know, how to, uh, how to use those in in a proper way, and I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, the, you know, what what David's writing into Count Crowley is 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 a case study. You know, it's it's it, there's a lot of just really great uh, uh, things that are placed in just the right place. Where you know, if something pops up later in the issue, maybe you need a little reminder about it, and so you know, someone flashes a, a family photo or something like that, and it and it ties in later. I'm trying to remember the specific example. I just noticed, and uh, I'm, I'm almost done drawing issue four right now. Um, wow. I think it was. Uh, oh, I remember what it is, but I can't say anything because it, it's like a spoiler. Mm -hmm. But but basically, there's a flashback to a character that uh, you know, sort of this this um, what do you call it? Sort of like a trauma flashback, like a like a PTSD type thing uh, back to an earlier moment that we, that you don't see since issue one. And then by the end of the by the end of the issue, there's a reveal that makes that very relevant. And it wouldn't have worked as well without that little you know freak out that seems to be just kind of a throwaway thing that you know causes the character to get upset and leave. But then it it you know it's it. it there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in in the storytelling he does that does double duty, you know, and, and that's like always just a really good. Uh, if you can pull that off, it's it's just a really concise and nice way to communicate what's going on. Um, gotcha. Talking in like really vague language, but you know. No, no, no. See, I, I understand you got to tiptoe on these situations, and I appreciate it because this is something that I don't want spoiled for myself either. Because I really am a fan. Yeah. <laughs> um right on right on well that's, that's i definitely want to get david's perspective on the whole situation as well so you're gonna have to to give him a little nudge nudge because but right now i do want to focus on really just the artistic the visual side because it is just as stunning um so what's what's next down i mean and do anything in the pipeline beyond uh beyond crowley yeah i, I mean we're trying to figure out sort of what what the situation is going to look like to just keep going on it. 
uh, I haven't I haven't heard specifics yet, um, but there there is the conversation about that now. Um, I think I think there there probably will be a little uh, at least a little gap after the first story arc. Um, hopefully not a, hopefully not a big one. But in the meantime, I'm I'm doing uh, I'm doing a project with uh, a writer named James Asmus that. Uh, has been a little bit, it's been a little bit slow going just because I've had all this other stuff to work on. Um, but that, uh, that's not announced yet, so I can't really talk about it. But okay. James is someone that I just legitimately wanted to work with for a while and then just happened to run, Portland, all, you know, just, I just happened to run into him at a friend's get together and right talked to him for about four hours that night. He drove me home. And then I, di- I didn't realize who he was until I got inside because I was just like, hey, James, what's your last name? And he was like, oh, Asmus, man. Yeah, keep in touch. And then I went in and then I looked down at my coffee table at like the, the Quantum and Woody hardcover that I had been just like freaking out over for like the last <laughs> month. And I think I texted him right away. I was just like, oh, you're that James Asmus or whatever. <laughs> and then we just uh, we just decided, yeah, well, we should we should do something together. And then we we you know he pitched me a few things and now we're uh we're kind of off and running on that well we're off and walking because it is taking a little while but i mean it's you know we're we're both we're we're both 100 percent into it so it's uh hopefully we'll get some sort of like announcement or material about that out within the next few months right on right on so I do. I now that I think about it, I do kind of have one more thing I want to talk about. At least one. At least one more thing I want to talk about with Count Crowley. Um, we we talked about you having the horror background and this being a horror comic, and that's that's what drew me in. But there, this this book isn't just your. It's not just a slasher t- horror type of situation. It's very well balanced with comedy. Yes. So. And that's that's once again. I mean, that's what attracted me to to, to David's persona and his character. I mean, the, the dude's the dude knows how to get a chuckle out of me. That's for sure. Yeah. So, and you could you could sense that he definitely throws that into this book. So you 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 have the experience of working drawing horror. Now it's now drawing comedy. That's that's tough because you could get great beats and you know read a funny joke, but to actually draw something and make something look visually funny without, you know, putting it on a skateboard and big buck teeth, you know, caricaturing is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Definitely. So I uh, I mean uh, what what how was that for you? Because I mean, this is I... there's nothing caricatured in this at all. I mean, you're drawing scary werewolves that I still kind of managed to get a <laughs> kind of situation, you know, a laugh out of when it's drawn on panel. Most most of the artists that I really admire have some level of cartooning going on, and that doesn't mean that 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 they're, that they're drawing things that are necessarily cartoony. It just means that everything that they draw is constructed in such a way that they can. Uh, cheat the body language in such a way that supports whatever's happening. So artists like Bernie Wrightson can do this. Uh, certainly Jack Davis. Uh, and, and more nowadays, I, you know, you have people like Tom Fowler. You have uh, uh, Eric Powell from The Goon. And these are all people oh, that yeah. are no, perfectly capable, perfectly capable of drawing, you know, very somber, realistic things, uh, but they managed to work their. Uh, they managed to work this sort of like level of, of cartooning and body language into it in such a way that that I try to do. Like you know, it's 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 sort of just this very like Will Eisner kind of way of doing it, where you you can tell a very serious story with uh, with it with with an art style that's a little more cartoony. But it's a lot harder to tell, to, to make a joke or do something funny with sort of rigid photorealistic uh, art. And so I think that if you, do the, if you do the one, you get everything. And if you do the other, you're kind of stuck doing like, you know, very, uh, what do you call it? Just, just very sort of like uh, gritty gritty stuff and um that's not to say that like you know nothing's ever nothing's ever funny and like hellblazer or whatever but uh you know they tend to stick to art styles that are more sort of 
I, I keep saying gritty, but you know, it's just gritty, photorealistic and things like that. And I mean, uh, you know, that's more, that's more of like a, a trying to figure out how to put this that's more of a uh, that's a little more outside of my wheelhouse the the very like stark photorealistic um uh trying to think of the artist's name who uh works on uh, uh criminal and fatal and things like that um sure. but you really feel like you're watching like a film noir movie when you read those books and uh, most of the, a lot of the comedy, if there is any comedy in those, it typically uh, comes through uh, in the writing to me, because you know if you take the balloon out, you, you might not you, you might not realize that it's meant to be a funny panel. Uh, well, see, but, the the biggest example I could think of, I think, is the first, not the first panel, the first page of issue one, and that's when we have our character slamming down some box wine. Now, when you're drawing a character slamming booze, it could come off as two ways. This guy's a depressed drunk, or mm -hmm. this shit's about to be funny. And because of the way you drew it, without it being caricatured, I knew that this book was going to be more than a horror book. It was going to be a comedy. Now, I mean, so... Uh, and that that I mean that's just me giving praise to the artist delivering properly, and that's kind of what this whole thing was circling back to is just knowing the difference. I mean, you could just draw the 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 beats given to you, and yes, if you were to just draw her draw to just draw her with mm -hmm. her mouth on a you know box nozzle, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, that could. I, I wouldn't know what to really make of that. But then you realize the whole exposure of the whole thing, and it turns out to be this whole funny thing. Like this is shit wine. This ain't this ain't the fancy stuff yeah, you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, like it all it all circled back around to comedy. But you knew it was going to be a comedic thing because of you doing your job. So yes, uh, really, this was just a a backhanded way of me giving you extra praise for not just knowing oh. how to bring the horror, but bring the <laughs> haha -ha as well, man. <laughs> that was, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, how is it not funny? If you, you know, you have, you have, you, you have, you have a sad lady drinking at a Ren fair. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's, it, there's no way that that's not, I, I think things can be funny and sad. And I mean, that was definitely one of those, one of those beats that sets up the, the whole rest of the, the series that is just, you know, that's, it's easy to easy to see as a low point for someone, you know. Right. I mean, and then, you and then to have a... her just like fall in the mud and and hay and all that stuff. And then just, just do the interview, and then not just do the interview, call the dude out, and then completely right. ruin yeah. her fucking career. <laughs> Fuck it. I, yeah. I, yeah, I love it. Oh man, it was it, truly that first panel and the way you did that did set the tone, and because. It, because of that, I definitely, I mean, obviously I was going to keep going. There was nothing bad about the book to make me want to turn away. But I knew I had stuff to be excited about. So, yes, that was, uh, uh, listeners, you, I can't can't recommend this book enough. And for it to come out, uh, well, it hit the shelves the 30th, I believe. So the day before Halloween. So it was the perfect book to, was it the 30th? or the, Yeah, it was the yeah. Uh, It was the week before. It, was a, it oh, came out that the 23rd. Was, yeah. yeah, that's um, what it was. And issue two will be out the 20th of this month, I believe. So that's coming up in a little, yeah, just a little over a week. Um, and I, I just, I, I feel like we got a lot of momentum on this book. So, I mean, I do love the first issue, but it's, you know, now as soon as the first issue came out, I'm just like, okay, now, now I want people to read the second and the third. Cause there's like, you know, it just, I think it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, right up until the the climax in the fourth issue of this story arc, um, and I've I've had a few hints from David on where it's going to go after that, and so, so I'm just cool. you know it's 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 going to be it's going to continue to be exciting to have it come out over the next few months, and then eventually to just you know to have the trade paperback that is is all in one place is always is always really exciting as well. Oh, it's awesome. My local comic book store is actually the world's largest comic book store, Mile High Comics. And the thing that oh, wow. got my... Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, we have your autographed poster right up in the front. As soon as you walk in, <laughs> the first... Really right up by the cash register. There's old David and Lucas's signature on there. And um, I'm, I'm trying to chalk Chuck 
talk Chuck the owner into letting it go, but I'm going to go ahead and say he's a fucking hoarder and he doesn't let go of anything. Oh. <laughs> but uh, that was actually what got my attention. It was walking into the world's largest comic book store and I was like, oh shit, that looks cool. And yeah, add that to my list. And so, yes, yeah, the, my point is, is there's, you at least got momentum continuing on in Denver because as any as anybody walks in there, you're, they're going to get Count Crowley right in their face, man. So, <laughs> and I, I, I'm in there quite often, so I'm I talk about it all the time, and I'm I'm not just saying that. I promise, man. <laughs> still, I still have never been to Mile. I I think the, there's been a couple studio mates of mine that have gone for signings there at Mile High, um, but I still need to go sometime. I, well, I hear it's just if like you're yeah, ever in Denver, man. Store. I can. I could set you up with a signing anytime you're in Denver. Tell David okay. the same thing. You guys ever come through Denver, I I will I will get you a table, man. We'll get you I, a line. I can't imagine that we're not going to make it there at some point. Like I, I it, you know, we're uh we're kind of figuring out what our our sort of appearances are going to be. Gotcha. Or the next the next sort of, you know, into spring and things like that and um you know, I think I think David gets around and travels a lot more than I do, so he'll probably be doing ten times as many as me. But I'm gonna still try to get out to as many as I can as well. And uh, I think uh, I'll definitely be at Emerald City Comic Con coming up. Um, right on. Uh, I'm not sure if David's gonna be there, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to talk him into it if his if his uh, uh, sort of schedule is permitting with with all his other stuff. Um, I know that we're, I, I think we're doing uh, Yellow City Comic Con. Um, and aside from that, I don't know what, I'm sure there's a list of things that like we're, we're trying to, to suss out as far as appearances go. But, uh, but in-store things are really, are really big for him. He loves doing that. So uh, oh, yeah, and, man. And the biggest, you know, going to the, to uh, Mile High would definitely be something that I'm, I'm sure that, you know, one or either of us would be very into doing. Right on, man. Right on. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love to shake your guys' hand in person for sure. And I know Denver would love to see you guys have a line out the door. No doubt. No doubt. I, so, yeah. I don't think I've been to Denver since um, I, I did this, like, uh, Harlequin romance novel painting of Obama back in, like, 2008. And they had this big sort of art opening for like all the, you know, Ron English and like all these artists that had done this like Obama art for the, uh, the, the hope campaign back then. And so I went to that just cause I wanted to meet all these other artists. And I think that that's, I, I think that's the only time I've been to Denver. I need to, I, I keep hearing great things about it though. I need to get there. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Just don't tell anyone else. Oh. <laughs> it's one of those types of situations. It's going to get poor. Uh, gonna get portlanded <laughs> yeah well i i hear there's there's uh, a pretty similar comparison between denver and portland as far as how the cities have come about and yeah, yeah I, I i i hear that denver is just portland without the rain and so <laughs> it's, it's pretty yeah yeah don't tell people that they're they're all gonna move there <laughs> oh they're they're here man they're here uh, but yeah yeah well shit that would be either way you you are welcome <laughs> on behalf of Denver. <laughs> Cheers to Comics Podcast as well. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You make stuff, man. You you you're doing stuff. You're not just out on the corner with the I need weed sign because that's really what the majority of this population has become now. It's just people. Oh, really? not, wow. I need help. It's just people saying I need weed. And they're, yeah, it's it, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Whatever, man. Like I said, you guys are welcome anytime. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm fixing to go on a Denver native rant. Oh shit! I gotta, I gotta okay. first here. <laughs> I'm sure you know you guys have a Portland native rant. You guys all go on as well. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm, origi I'm, I'm oh, originally. You're from, from Alaska, Alaska, but you were but... there way before the the boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. before the I mean, before there was TV shows about yes. about our city. <laughs> yes, yeah. Thanks, Brown Armistad or whatever the fucking name is. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, do you have any recommendations? Do you get the chance to read with your busy drawing schedule? Lately, I've been um, trying to think. Uh, man, I'm just gonna draw like you know what's gonna happen is I'm gonna think of like ten things. 
Well, no, that's what happens. So you, I get put on the spot all the time. People ask me, well, what do you recommend? And my brain just overloads because, I mean, I, I could recommend 97% of the stuff that I read. And I, I probably pull about 80% of the stuff that's on the shelves. So I understand the getting put on the spot type of yeah. pressure. <laughs> I mean, it, I would say just about anything that cut, that, like, comes from my studio mates is always amazing. I know uh, Steve Lieber is working on uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen right now with Matt Fraction. Uh, you know, basically everything that uh, uh, people like, you know, Jeff Parker and uh, uh, Colleen Cooper and um, Ron Randall, every, everybody in there ha- is uh, is doing just really great work. And and honestly, those are most of the books that I see because we all bring them into the studio and we just have this like member library of stuff that we've oh, done. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. uh, but as for things I'm reading right now, um, I, uh, dang it. Oh, I just got a really nice hardcover of uh, this old, uh, comic strip called uh, Mort Cinder from uh, Alberto Breccia. It's like okay. just one of the greatest comics. I, I think one of the greatest comic strip artists of all time, like very, wow. uh, you know, very, very much in like the wheelhouse of kind of stuff that, that I try to be like, you know, very horror uh, uh, sort of creepy old, you know, seventies inked horror comic type stuff. Nice. Um, yeah but right on like i said it's, you're a it's, busy guy man i understand you know the the the, the schedule <laughs> strain on an <laughs> illustrator I, I can't i mean most of the time i would I expect to know on that qu- question you know just because oh, <laughs> yeah i i, I, no, I, I just, don't understand how you have time to read but i mean okay and, and then there's there's definitely titles that that are just like i've been reading for forever that i just i'll never stop reading like um you know Things like the goon, which just started back up again, like with oh my god, man! Yeah, Uh, Eric Powell came out to Free Comic Book Day uh, this year to Mile High and did a signing there. So I have my uh, my my issue number one hanging behind me. Actually, I think my big head is in the way. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, (laughs) it's so cool, man. Uh, It's yeah, 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 yeah. It's in there. It's in there. But oh yeah. Things like things like uh, Brian K. Vaughan's Paper Girls, um, uh, and really just I've, I've been kind of like plumbing the depths of like old stuff that I never that that I missed. I'm always looking for things that like, you know, uh, just like this Mort Cinder book I got. Uh, reading a lot of old uh, Cordo Maltese. Um, never really read any Asterix before, so hmm. somebody gave me some of that. Um, there's a uh, there's actually a web comic that is pretty amazing called Lavender Jack by uh, Dan Scotty uh, that is very much this sort of like Scarlet Pimpernel Victorian steampunk kind of thing. Uh, right. And it's uh, what's interesting about that too is that it's exclusively on uh, Webtoon. So oh, I'm it's very this... familiar with Webtoon, man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like uh, he was at, he he was actually a member of our studio for a while too. It, um, I got to watch him draw a bunch of that and I was just like really fascinated by the format because it's just like one long strip like that's how you draw an issue it's just one long yep. so that people can scroll down on yep. their devices and so it's it's less like left to right and more just like every panel is just stacked on top of each other you it's can really, get away with uh, out having to worry about flow so much because you can just do one panel st- stacked on the other so it makes it easy for the letter that's for sure sure yeah and i mean there's there's just amazing things that you can do with reveals and surprises oh and, yeah man uh, like uh, i've, I've seen format is is what i'm interested in i really i actually want to try it at some point just do it a little short and put it on there for sure. Well, I got I got a webtoon recommendation for you, and uh, actually, oh, okay. ironically, the the uh, the first creator corner segment I had featured this webtoon uh, from Sean Mullen uh, called "The Wolf in Me," and the the, uh, the I mean, the story itself is amazing. It's it one story arc all wrapped up now, but yeah, just just look up "The Wolf in Me" on webtoons and. Oh. I'm trying to to think of the artist's name because I'm actually not a fan of manga art style. 
or anything like that for that matter. But the way that this artist and uh, it's Davy Wagnerock is what it is. It's not I don't have a speech impediment. It's Wagnerock. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, his his art was absolutely incredible behind a brilliant twisted mind of Sean Mullen or uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was the first Creator Corner segment we had, and here I am recommending, um, oh, I don't know, 11 and a half months later. (laughs) 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 It's funny how all this works. Like I said, I'm all about promoting Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that looks really cool. Oh, dude, it's so good, man. It is. It's so good. And the the, the story behind it, it's it's kind of got like an anti-political type of agenda, but at the same time, it's a jab at... Just about everything, and it's a jab at society, is what it is. It's it, it's it's amazing. Love that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure, for sure. I love a parody on how we are. <laughs> just like that's yeah. how we are, and we're just yeah. Why it's uh, we've never been a bigger target for comedy in our lives, and sadly, we've never been a, a state of not allowing to be as funny as ever. We've so it's 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 so ironic how it all works. We've never been mm. funnier. We've never been more not allowed to talk about the funny. It's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, 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 me going on, on a rant again. Well, can, can, uh, constraints produce excellence in a lot of cases? That, that, that's so. very true. It is. You're yeah. absolutely right about that. Unfortunately, there's not enough people out there willing to, uh, to squeeze out those diamonds now. You know, it's yeah. just lazy. And this is, what I was showing you with the wolf in me, it's it's far from, <laughs> it's not lazy at all. It's brilliant. So, yeah, man, I guess that was I get that was supposed to be your recommendation, but you say webtoons, and <laughs> I, I I I gotta give you something too, man. Yeah, no, totally. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out for sure. Right on. Uh, is there uh, anything else that you want to talk about, man? Anything you want to plug? Uh, social media accounts? Anything like that? Uh. I, I do have social media accounts. I'm not I'm not great at using them every single day. It's like most people are addicted to it, and I'm like I'm like the opposite. It's just like, oh, oh I admire. I better get that, on man. there a little bit today just to just to remind people I'm around. Um, I admire. Yeah, you can find me pretty easily on Twitter. I'm just uh, I'm just at Lucas Kettner, Lucas with a K, Kettner with a K, um, and same uh, same on Instagram. It's just. Uh, L- Lucas dot Kettner in that case, but if you type my name in, I'm sure it just comes up. And right uh, and that's mainly where I exist online, aside from my website, which uh, I just got a notification that I need to uh, uh, pay it. I got my I got my car, mm-hmm. my uh, bank card stolen recently, so now I'm like getting uh, all the reminders for things that I have to put the new one in. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's uh, it. Might not be up. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's still up. It might not be up right now, but it will be up in the next like 20 minutes or something, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yeah, that's just lucaskentner.com, and that's got links to just about anywhere I'm at. Right on. And, uh, and I'll post yeah, and all it, these links and everything in the description of the show too. Okay, so cool. that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are just always welcome to hit me up on Twitter, reach out on Instagram, all that stuff. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty. Uh, I'm I'm pretty laid back when it comes to that stuff. So right on, man. Right on. Well, Lucas, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on here. We got the perspective of an artist, for, the perspective of an artist for the first time on this show, and <laughs> it's I, I'm enlightened. It's it's kind of cool to see how this works. You know, the between picking out a colorist and the fears of a famous person possibly giving you a shit script. You know, like it's it's. <laughs> which, I mean, which, I thankfully, you, you you picked it all right, man. You said yes on David, and you said I want her, and y'all came through with seriously. It's a six out of five, man. This just is... to clarify, I wasn't that worried because I, you know, I I knew that he he was also a writer director, and and you know, any anyone who's anyone who's already in the storytelling wheelhouse, it's it's just it just becomes formatting at that point, and he's he's been reading comics you know practically since he could read so i'm sure he had probably spotted a few patterns and how to put it together properly and right on absolutely nailed it yeah it, it shows it's just it's, god count crowley's so good man i can't wait to see it's how it. this first four issue arc wraps up i'm so excited to hear it from the artist that there is more 
and and the pipeline. There's uh, the ah, uh, I'm planned. This is planned. Yeah, I do. Yes. It's like there's nothing. Um, we're kind of in that weird middle space where there's nothing definite, but I mean, you know, of course, I know David's committed to doing more. I'm committed to doing more, and we'll just we're just gonna have to 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 cross our fingers that that works out. Right on, right on, man. Well, uh, I I won't keep you if there's there's nothing else that you want to shout out or anything. I know you're a busy guy, so uh, I guess we could just about wrap this thing up, huh? All right. Well, listen, man. Thanks so much for having me. This was uh, this was great. Well, uh, um, I I appreciate you carving out the time. I really do. There's nobody that uh, that values the the minute more than I do, and I know I know what well, the schedule of an artist. So thank you so much for taking this time. It's just and, a lot of it's just a lot of sit down time. I mean, it just it you know takes a lot longer to draw something than to write something. Um, well, the, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna end it with one last question. Actually, ha! Huh. I haven't got to ask. Oh, okay, this yet. yeah. D- digital or traditional? Uh, both for Count Crowley. Because when nice. I come across a page that I think someone might, you know, possibly want to buy or just might look good on my wall, I go. pull the ink out. But most of it is being done uh, digitally, just because it's it's just easier to get results faster. Right um, so it's uh, and certainly even when I do things traditionally, I pencil on the computer just because it's it's again, it's just really easy to get things just how you want it. And then you can print those. You can print those pencils out and ink over it that way as well. Control Z works so much faster than having to flip yep. a fucking pencil around, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Control I mean, Z. <laughs> when you get like like me and the other artists in the studio like all gathered around our, our, our big table that we have, like our lunch table. And we're all like sketching in our sketchbooks. Like seriously, like every 10 minutes, someone tries to control Z like on their sketchbook, <laughs> like, watch them do it. And then they, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm so. glad I'm not the only one that's attempted. No, oh, okay, no. cool. Yeah, right I, I, think I, I think I tried to control Z too much ketchup the other day. So. Dude, I, I, there's several instances <laughs> in life. I'm like, ah, fucking control Z. Where you at, man? <laughs> I right. This one exactly. up. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Well, Lucas, I'm gonna let you go, brother. You are welcome back on this show anytime. You've got anything new you Thanks, ever man. want to announce? Anything? You've got any uh, creators that you think need some sort of platform? Get a little bit of a spotlight on them. Send them my way. I'd be I more will. than happy. I to will. I will absolutely. You're- in fact, that's that's uh, that is something that that I am going to do because, uh, you know, basically everybody in the comic book community here, uh, mostly freelance and we all try to at least get the, you know, just support each other, get the word out about other creators and, and other projects and books and, uh, uh, indie comics and, and things that, that may not have the same kind of, uh, advertising power uh, as there might be behind the big two. So, um, Yes, you, you you will be added to a pool of uh, podcasters for the studio that are uh, uh, a good place for promotion and discussion and things like that. Yeah, man. See, yeah, um, I'm happy to hear that because uh, this is this is not a review podcast, man. This has nothing to do with opinion. This is about promotion. So yeah, no, bring it on. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be one of those people that are shit on their comic and then three weeks later invite them onto the show for clicks. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not how I roll, though, yeah. man. <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of creators that are reluctant to go on podcasts because of that. You know, it's yeah. So I appreciate you. You, you your your words golden on my end, man. You send them over. I'm gonna expect quality just because. Uh, I mean, look what you're doing here, dude. This is quality stuff. So thanks, man. Uh Lucas, I won't keep you any longer here uh let's All right. let's let's call it a wrap all right listeners that's a wrap that was <laughs> i had a great time talking with lucas and i appreciate y'all for 
tuning in. I would like to remind you that you should be supporting this podcast. There are several ways to do it. The first one is by becoming a Patreon. Become a Patreon. I'm going to give you special praises on the podcast, and there's all sorts of great tiers to jump on, starting at just a buck. A buck gets you sent multiple stickers, not just a sticker. You're going to get some stickers. And then it ranges on up on Patreon. There's even a tier where I'm even sending you some sort of comic book of some sort each and every single month that you are, uh, yeah, a Patreon. Uh, then there's also leaving reviews. Leaving reviews is massive. It really is. It doesn't cost you any money. It does cost you a little bit of time, and I do respect that. So because of that, I'm going to shout out any reviews, you know, just uh, leave some sort of, yeah, uh, listen to the show. You leave a review, you're going to get acknowledged. That's for damn sure. It helps the podcast get into lists and stuff. I don't. I don't understand how it works. I was just told you're supposed to say this stuff. Uh, and well, yeah, that 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 does it. You know, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hit me up on social media. That's you know, Cheers to Comics on Twitter, and then there's uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. You guys know how to use it. So thank y'all, Slurred, so much for tuning in. Y'all read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. What's up, nerds? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I would like to invite you to check out our podcast. We have two shows every week, and both of our shows are about everything that is pop culture and nerdum. That's right. We talk about movies. We talk about comics. We talk about video games. We talk about role-playing games. We talk about Dungeons and & Dragons, and so much more. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. Also, while you're at it, go ahead and like our page on Facebook, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3FatNerdsPod. And of course, you can check out our website, 8122Productions.com. Most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. That's later, nerds.